You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number nine. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. I'm Dr. Kieran. Today, I'd like you to help me welcome my guest, Dr. Shiroko Sokich. Dr. Shiroko is the owner of Heart to Heart Medical Center in Santa Rosa, California, which has been open since 1993. She's coming up on her 25th anniversary. She's an expert at using many modalities to bring your body into balance and wholeness. And she specializes in acupuncture, chronic illness, pain treatment, hormone balancing, bioidentical hormones, digestive problems, and brain chemistry balancing. She's trained in general surgery and she worked as an emergency room doctor for 10 years while attending acupuncture school. And this gave her a broad range of medical experience. In addition to practicing integrative medicine for almost 25 years, she hosted a public access TV show, Perspectives on Healing, for two years. She's been writing a blog for 20 years and is writing her second book, Healing When It Seems Impossible, which will be out in the fall in celebration of her 25th anniversary. Shiroko and I met at a networking group and supportive group that we belong to for healthcare entrepreneurs several years ago, and we instantly connected. She has a warm, loving, just face and demure energy and kind embrace. Being around her is so easy and it's lovely. You can feel that she is a love-based person when you're around her. People love being around Shiroko. Please help me welcome Dr. Shiroko Sokic. So welcome, Shiroko. It's so wonderful to have you here, and it's so wonderful to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. It is so great to see you. We need to get together in person, I think. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. And, yeah. <laughs> and we will plan that. So I know that you've been up to a lot. You are pregnant with a book that's about to be birthed <laughs> and lots of other projects. And um, tell me kind of about your book and how it came into fruition and what it's all about. Well, it's had so many renditions of itself that, um, but I feel like it's, uh, you know, literally when you said I'm pregnant, I'm like, wow, man. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> No, but I have been, um, it's been a, you know, it's, it's trying to find, it's been a project of trying to find what is really most important and what I, in, and solidifying what I do. And, um, and so finally in September, um, I've been working on it for a while, obviously, but, but finally in September, the, what it really was about came to me and and it's healing when it seems impossible. And, and part of it is because of certain things I've been through that I've healed uh, inside of myself. Um, part of it is things that my patients have been through. And I finally realized, ah, oh, this is what it means. And it's about defying the odds and coming to a place of healing beyond the physical, you know, beyond the physical components of yourself and, and really reaching a place where healing is, is encompasses all of your life. And so, um, 
but it took me, you know, a few years to actually come up with that title and to really embody that and to really know that that was the truth of what I do and, mm-hmm. and the truth of my own journey. So, well, yeah. and it makes yeah. it makes sense to me um, with what you do because you're an, an MD and you're an acupuncturist. And something that's fascinating to me is the energetic body that's really disregarded in Western medicine. And so when you talk about healing, kind of defying the odds when it seems impossible, to me, it seems like you have to reach to that energetic body. Yeah. Um, And and that, can you talk about that and what's involved? And in the, in the, in, in the defying, healing process or getting to that point? In defying the odds, you know, in yeah. healing when it seems impossible. Yeah. What is involved with that? So, you know, it's interesting because um, the challenge that is, I'm going to talk about my challenge. And so, it, so as an example, because it, it's, it um, took me through a journey, you know, so, and, and it, and it showed me what it really meant. And so over the course of my own life, like as a child, I had irritable bowel syndrome. I was diagnosed with irritable bowel at age 16 and um, they tried to give me Valium (laughs) and, and, and my family, you know, my mom was kind of anti-medicine and, and I had, you know, I decided when I was five, I wanted to be a doctor because my great grandmother was my very closest person in my life and she collapsed in front of me one day and I never saw her alive again after she had collapsed. Um, it was a big, you know, everything happened. She was taken to the hospital and, and she, my mom told me her heart had stopped beating. And on the day that she told me that I was like, well, what can I do to make it beat again? You know? So I had this passion to, to, create a miracle to create something that would help people live, you know? And so my whole journey has been about, about finding ways to help people have a better life and to heal and to heal myself. And so, and then I had this irritable bowel diagnosis and, and, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be a doctor and figure it out, you know, and, and it's going to be part of everything. And then, you know, I go through medical school and, and I go into surgical residency and in surgical residency, um, you know, it was, I went into surgical residency because it was the first time I got to save a life was in surgery mm. as a medical student. And it was so exciting, you know, and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. But then in residency, I realized that that wasn't all that it was about, you know, so like I, I've evolved over the years. And then in the last 10 years, um, I went through a divorce and in the divorce it was my, it was a heartbreak it was he was my soulmate i was heartbroken i went through uh, a lot you know it's like i basically lost everything and had to start my whole life over i had to start my whole person over because how i defined my life was based on that mm-hmm. and and so that wasn't as much a physical challenge, but it was an emotional and spiritual challenge. And it redefined who I am. And it took me to a whole new place. And, and it really did at the beginning seem impossible that I would never heal from that heartbreak. You know? And it was through love that I came to a place where I, through the love of my friends and through the love of my practice and the people that I work with and and my commitment to healing that I began to come out of it, you know, and resurface. Um, 
So I felt like I defied the odds and I healed when it seemed impossible. And, and so all of these pieces, all of these elements have kind of come together over the course of the years. And so there are seven keys to defy the odds. Do you want me to tell you what those yes. are? Yes. <laughs> so the first one, of course, is love. And it's love on every level. You know, it's like over the evolution, it's like healing my own digestive system has been about learning to love my body and learning to feel what it really wants, not just going for, you know, that instant gratification and not just going so like really going deeply into that concept of love. And of course, healing my heart was about love, you know, the love of friends, the love of my practice, my commitment to love others, all those things. So, and the most important thing, especially when you're dealing with a health challenge that does seem impossible, is that you have to understand that there's a love connection between you and your body. And that your body is there for, it, it loves you. It, it, you know, there's nothing you can't get away from it, obviously. <laughs> And, but at the same time, uh, we, when we feel physically ill or when we feel challenged in that way, we, we lose that connection to love. So that's the first key. The second key is learning to balance the physical and using both Chinese and Western medicine over the years, I've kind of developed this triangle of what wellness is. I mean, in Chinese medicine, it's all about balance. And if you don't have balance in your body, then things start to fall apart. Um, but if you translate that into Western medicine to make sort of Chinese medicine make more sense, I have this, what I call my triangle of wellness, and it's your hormones, your immune system, and your nervous system. Hmm. Now, your digestive system is sort of in the center of all that because your digestive system is run by these three. But your whole body is run, if your hormones and your immune system and your nervous system are functioning, then you have the foundation for getting well. And so that's how I start with anybody who has a difficult health problem is to get that level of balance and mm -hmm. then other things kind of fall into place. And so it's a slightly different than the way the functional medicine training is, but, but it's how I use Chinese medicine for all these mm -hmm. years, so. Well, and I think that um, functional medicine, I love it fellowship trained in it. I think it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I think that we could do a better job of addressing the energetic body. Mm -hmm. And so I like how you've integrated kind of the functional medicine principles with the uh, traditional Chinese medicine in your own model. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so important for us as, as healers to have a big picture concept that we can mm -hmm. treat people under and explain to them so that they understand it conveys more than just giving them a dissertation. So I like, I love how you did that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so the third element is uh, learning to listen to your body. So, you know, and, and for many of us, you know, we sort of, I, I used to do a lot of marketing of my business, of course. And so I'd go to these networking events and a lot of networking events are business people. So they're not at all interested in health. And I remember giving a talk and asking them, what do you, what does health mean to you? And, you know, very few of them said anything. It's like 40 people. And, and one of them, a few of them said, well, it means that your body's not bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's kind of what people think, right? It's like, your right. body's not bothering you. I'm fine. You're you good. So like, yeah. And some people like I've, and you know, I've done this a lot. So like, I'll ask, well, is anything, you know, I'll be giving a talk and I'll pull somebody up from the, to the front of the room and I'll ask them, well, so you have any health issues? Oh no, I got nothing. And then I'll ask a few more questions and then, oh yeah, well, you know, I have heartburn every day, <laughs> but I take Tums and I live on Prilosec, so I'm fine. So I'm fine. <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not fine. <laughs> so learning to listen to those, those voices that your body has, you know, like if your knee hurts or if your nose is itching or, you know, I mean, you can get really super obsessed with it, which I'm not telling people to do, but to learn to listen, you know, to learn what it really means when your body's doing certain things. And, and there's so much information out there now about that. Um, and there's so much you can learn just by doing a few things, you know. I mean, one very simple thing that I tell people, and, and it sounds silly, but a lot of people don't eat breakfast. Right. Uh, they have a cup of coffee and a pastry or something like that. And so I, I just say, you know, start your day by eating breakfast. Just see what happens, you know, like, and, and it, it's, it's the beginning of, of a listening, you know, like we don't think about it as listening. So you know when you're sleepy, you know when you need to go to bed, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, you know, there's certain things we know. We know when we're hungry. Well, hopefully we know when we're hungry. If you don't, that's right. another whole starting place, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but slowly, slowly, just taking all those little cues and recognizing that they are cues and then moving on from them. So, yes, yeah, very um, important. Yeah. And then the fourth key is, uh, is uh, finding your own unique lifestyle. And, you know, there's a million diet books and there's a million, a million exercises you <laughs> yes. could do. And there's all these different ways that you can do things. And to, how do you filter through that huge morass of information? Like, which mm -hmm. is the right thing for you? So that you take those cues and you physically balance. Now you love your body, you're physically balanced and you've learned to listen. And, and now you can move into how do I choose, you know? And then the fifth key is um, the emotional element and recognizing that your whole, like, this is what I love about Chinese medicine is like, when I use Chinese medicine, I take into account every element of your being, your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual. And imbalance has emotional and spiritual components. And so I work with the emotions and show people. So in the chapter, it's, it's about recognizing that each organ system has an emotional component and recognizing the different parts of your body have different elements of emotions and that if you take that into account, you'll mm -hmm. learn how to get more balance. Yeah, I love that how in traditional Chinese medicine, the organs have um, personalities. So can you talk a little bit about just for everybody watching, because mm -hmm. I would love to know, and I'm sure they would, well, what do the different organs mean? Like I know liver problems, aren't, aren't they to do with anger? Yeah. Can you talk about some of the different organs and the emotions? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I love to talk about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, every organ has, in Chinese medicine, first of all, there are 12 organs and every organ has emotional and spiritual functions in addition to physical functions, but it also has additional physical functions than we know in the West. And, um, interest for me I started studying it when I was a very young doctor you know like I'd just gotten out I left my surgical residency after two years and then I went to work in the emergency room and then I went to acupuncture school 
And at, so I'm working in the ER, like my first real job mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, it, and going to acupuncture school. So I'm kind of integrating both at the same time, you know, so, so that was sort of how it evolved for me. And so everything's sort of tied in. And the picture of how the organs work is much bigger than in Western medicine. But I'll give you the example of the liver. So the liver is, um, regulates the smooth flow of energy in your whole body. Hmm. So like when you have neck tension and, and shoulder tension and a lot of tension in your body, that's liver energy. Um, it, it regulates your menstrual cycles. And so it, it's particularly noticeable for women because if you have menstrual problems or you have PMS or you have, you know, really bad cramps or things like that, those are all connected to liver energy imbalance. And it regulates the emotion of anger. Mm -hmm. And the liver is the master sergeant of getting things done. So that's an emotional and spiritual thing. You know, getting things done. And, and, it, and it regulates that space between your, your physical body. So the lungs rule your physical body and the liver rules the space between your physical body and your higher self. It's an interesting, you know, completely different thing. And so when a person feels a difficult time connecting to their higher self or to whatever it is, to their spiritual self, that's often a liver imbalance as well. Um, and uh, it also regulates the ligaments and tendons and it, every, every organ has a, a sensory component. So the liver regulates your vision, your ability to see. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot there, right? You know, yes. and so, so uh, symptoms that people could have is they could have migraines. Um, they can have PMS or uh, emotional upheaval when they're having their, before their periods. You have neck tension and shoulder tension. Um, you know, all kinds of physical issues that mm -hmm. go along with liver imbalance. Oh, you can have pain in your sides. The liver is the organ that's in between the outside and the inside of the energy body. So, mm -hmm. you know, pain in your sides, that could be a liver thing too. The liver is paired with the gallbladder and the gall gallbladder is the do it, do it organ. So the other thing that's different than Western medicine, because we think of our adrenals as handling stress and mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, the liver really deals with stress. And when you see the symptoms of people who are super stressed, mm -hmm. it's always liver symptoms from that Chinese medicine perspective, you know? So it that, kind of fits. It's interesting. Yeah. I just want to interject that everybody um, listening um, needs to understand because a lot of people might say, oh, well, I have migraines. Do I have liver problems? And they're going to run to their doctor and they're going to say, oh, can you check my liver? Because I heard these doctors yeah. talking about that migraines can mean liver problems. And of course, they'll run a liver function panel and it'll be fine. And so something yeah. that everybody watching needs to understand is that these we're talking about energetic corollaries. We're not talking about the physical, what you touch, see, and feel. So your liver enzymes are going to be fine. Doesn't most mean of that, the time. Most, most of the time. time. That's true. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean that yeah. you, it's an energetic issue. Yeah. So, well, it's actually, I, I have this whole, like, there's uh -huh. a spectrum of wellness, right? And, and so Western medicine is here with the tests and the, and, and, but, and, and you could feel badly all like you could be, here's, here's feeling great mm -hmm. and here's feeling, you know, so sick that you can barely function. Right. And in between there's this whole spectrum and, 
And this has been, you know, before function. So I've been doing Chinese medicine since before functional medicine existed, right? Mm -hmm. with, with all the fancy tests and all the ways that you can look at things more deeply in this range. But Chinese medicine has been a tool for me for many, many years. And when I didn't understand what was happening to a person, it was the Chinese medicine that helped me understand mm -hmm. and gave me a spectrum of looking at them because the spectrum of wellness is so huge, right? But you right. may have symptoms here. And so you go to your doctor and you say, this doctor says I have a liver thing. No, it's not going to show up. You're right. Most often it doesn't show up because it's a whole wider picture. But sometimes if you're all the way here, it might. Mm -hmm. So, right. And I, yeah. I, I, I love that, that you're explaining that because I do try to help people understand when I teach them because weight loss is one of my passions, mm -hmm. um, that it's not just the physical issues. Yes. We talk about hormone balancing, detoxifying, um, mm -hmm. what I call nutrification, but it is fixing or addressing that, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic body. That's bigger than you are. Mm -hmm. And so that's a new concept for a lot of people. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. else are the, um, keys? The keys? Yeah. Yeah. In your book. So, uh, the fifth key is maybe my favorite. <laughs> I'm not sure they're all really super cool, but my is never give up. Hmm. And it's about the hero's journey. Oh. So when you have, so there's so many heroes journeys, right? And they're always about something outside of ourselves, you know? something, you know, like you got to go rescue a princess or you got to go save the world. But um, when you have a physical concern, you know, just most of what I deal with, but when you have a physical concern, the hero's journey is completely inside of yourself. And it's finding your way through that, you know, getting well, never giving up, finding the right people, finding the right answers. And it, and it, it can be so difficult. You know, my journey of healing my intestines <laughs> has been, and, and, you know, part of it for me, I think has always been that because I teach people about wellness, I have these journeys that go on and on and on because I, I have to learn all the different ramifications, you know? So food allergies, I had, I went through the food allergy thing. I went through the infection thing. I went through the SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth and, and, you know, each level of working on healing this that my digestive system has been has been a different component and a different piece of the information but it's it's been a journey of years which now has me an expert on digestion and helping people you know on every level you know, food allergies infections and hormone components and emotional component you know like everything that's tied in with that one concern and that's the thing is whenever you have a physical concern that's difficult you know like if you just have like a you have a cold and it goes away in a few days right so that's simple and so then you don't delve deeply into the, the healing of it but if you have a health concern that goes on and on and on and you feel crummy forever and ever that's a journey you're on mm -hmm. and to get to a place where you finally feel well on every level that's what the hero's journey is about. Well, and I love the hero's journey too. I remember the first time I heard about it, I had gone to a retreat at Kripalu in Massachusetts and mm -hmm. a woman named Christine Warren 
had offered a workshop on the hero's journey. I said, well, that sounds interesting. And I went and I learned about Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. Yeah. Uh, and now I see that it's kind of what we do in our lives and we do it in all areas and we do it over and over. But could you talk about, because a lot of people have never heard of that. What is, what is the hero's journey? So the way I break it down in the book is um, there's a challenge. So let's say the challenge is a health challenge. <clears throat> so you want to get well from blah, blah, blah. I'll give you an example of a patient that I just talked to yesterday. She, and she's been super healthy all her life. She's always been physically fit and she injured her knee about a year and a half ago. And suddenly, and suddenly she can't walk and she could not get her doctors to do an MRI, which I don't understand, but Hey, they wouldn't do an MRI. And she went off on a journey or a trip, a physical, she went to, on a vacation and was gone for a couple months. So then she couldn't get the MRI. And finally she got an MRI, showed a torn meniscus, which is what she knew she had. And then she had some physical therapy and some prolotherapy, it didn't work. So then she had a meniscus surgery mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't work, which that was an experience she'd never had. And so then they did some more studies and then they decided to do a meniscus transplant. I had never heard of this, but she had a meniscus mm -hmm. transplant and it didn't work because she has osteoporosis and it wouldn't stick. Now she's always been an exerciser. So why didn't it stick? Why does she have osteoporosis? So it's this journey, right? That she's been on for, for a year and a half. And, and so now and, and they want to give her these heavy duty drugs, you know, and she, that's not what she wants. So then, you know, then what happens, you know? So it's a, the first you start with a challenge and then you gather your allies. So you have, let's say for her, she has an orthopedic surgeon and she traveled far because she knew this surgeon. And so she went to the surgeon because she lived in that town and, mm -hmm. Even though she didn't live in the town anymore, she went to have him help her. Then she needed physical therapy. So now she's having physical therapy. And I sent her to an acupuncturist that I know in the town that she's in, you know. And so then she's having acupuncture. So she's gathering her allies. And then, and then there's the quest for getting well, right? So what happens next? And so she's not giving up because, you know, like, okay, no, I'm not taking these drugs. I'm going to do something different. And so she called me and I'm helping her come up with a program. Well, it's not just osteoporosis. Why is a woman who has had a physical exercise, eaten a healthy diet, done all these things her whole life, suddenly, you know, not, not suddenly, of course, she's had osteoporosis, which takes a while to get, but why does she have it? What's the root cause? So it's not just looking, you know, like, is there a digestive problem that's keeping her from absorbing the nutrients that she needs? You know, are there emotional, spiritual problems? So it's looking at it on such a deep level. And then, of course, dealing with having been a very physically fit, functioning person and now not being able to do the things that she's used to being able to do. So that's you gather your allies and then you go on the quest and then there's challenges that come along the way. And sometimes it seems impossible. Sometimes it seems like you're not going to get well. Sometimes it seems like uh, you're never going to reach that Holy grail of whatever it is that you're seeking. And so that's more of what the hero and the classic hero's journey of course is like Superman or 
or Batman or Odysse or what is it? Odysseus, the original, you know? <laughs> right. So like, there's all these, you know, for when I figured it out, when I figured out that the hero's journey is really what we go on when we're on a health challenge, mm-hmm. um, I realized I became fascinated with all those movies and I've always loved those movies. And I realized that yeah. my whole life has been a hero's journey. It's like overcoming, you know, my own emotional, spiritual issues and, and then getting into medical school was a journey and getting through going into surgical residency and then going to acupuncture school and, you know, and then building my practice years later. And, and so every single one of them has been a, a heroic journey for me, you know? Um, and I've always loved those kinds of movies and I've always loved those books and the stories. And so when it came for my book, it was like, Oh my God, it's perfect. You know? I I love that. It's a beautiful description. It really is a hero's journey. And people probably know Dorothy and and the Wizard of Oz and Luke Skywalker. And we love those movies. Of course, when we're the ones in the movie and we get a diagnosis of breast cancer, we go, we want it done. We don't recognize it as a journey. So I love that that's a part of your book and it's a part of the path that you help guide people through. Mm -hmm. And and really um, there's growth that's to be had. And so you're helping them recognize that. I love that. What are the other keys? Well, the last one. The last one. Uh, Go on one yeah. more. So, yeah, and this is the most difficult one to explain, um, mm-hmm. but it's called trusting the process. So it is and rooted in the spiritual. It's rooted in the uh, idea that your body lives, you, your body has a spirit. You live in a body, but you have a spirit. And, and our spirit always wants only our highest good. And so how can something that seems so terrible be for your highest good? You know, and how can you trust that that process that you're in is what is right for you? You know, when it seems like you've seen a doctor who maybe didn't give you what you wanted, you know, or didn't give you the answers that you were seeking, how is that a part of your journey? Why is it a part of your journey? You know, like, and how do we get to a place of trusting that every step of our, our path is right? And trust me, I've been through this, <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, you know, like physical challenges and emotional challenges where it just seems like, why is this happening? Why can't, can't get anywhere, you know, like just the, like even the quest for coming up with a title of my book, <laughs> you know, right. it took me a few years to actually come up with a title to really get rooted in my message and to get rooted in, you know, and, and it feels so impossible and it feels so challenging. And so how do you get to a place where you're even peaceful with that? It's hard. The peace in the mess. It's a peace in the mess. (laughs) Yes. And you know, when things don't go your way, you know, and so, and there's, everybody has something that doesn't go their way. Every single one of us has something that doesn't go our way. And how do you trust even then? How do you be okay even then? And so in writing that chapter, of course, all those challenges came to light. Because <laughs> you live the chapter, yes. right? You live the book. <laughs> so I lived this book. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And what you described, if you could share with the experience you've gone through recently with where you live and the fires and kind of mm-hmm. how the, how the, even the title for your book came out of that and the challenge and, and also the nonprofit 
project that you created out of that. I'd love for you to share about that. Sure. Actually, I came up with a title a month before. <laughs> and um, so I lit, my office is in Santa Rosa. And uh, in the fall of last year, when um, I had just gotten back from Italy one day before the fire started. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I smelled smoke. And I didn't know why. And I have a really good sense of smell. And I just sort of ignored it. <laughs> thinking, well, I can, I smell things all the time. So I just was like, and, and, but I walked around my house, making sure that my house wasn't on fire, you know, first, just to make sure because it smelled pretty strong. And my, my office is in the middle of the fire zone, but my home is not. So I actually smelled the smoke from quite far away, but then found out the next morning that my office had been evacuated and my staff had been evacuated from their homes because they lived right by there and that this, that Santa Rosa was on fire. And, and, you know, kind of, it's, it's this experience of, you know, nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden something huge is happening and I couldn't go to my office. I couldn't take care of my patients and all my patients are in trouble because they're losing their homes or they're evacuated people are breathing smoke. That's very like the air quality was worse than Beijing for mm. oh my gosh. a couple of weeks. Um, and we didn't, you know, we didn't have masks because all the masks were, you know, taken up right away. And, and I mean, there's so many things that happen, but it, it, it became this, how do I help people? You know, but first there's that feeling of helplessness, you know, where, whoa, you know, my, my office was less than a mile from being burnt down itself. If the winds hadn't shifted, I would have lost my office. And yet the most important thing was, okay, here's people in trouble. Here's something that's happening. I need to figure out how to help people. I had to call every one of my patients. My staff was in, a, everybody was in complete upheaval. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how do I help? So then I put together some free clinics to help people who are feeling the trauma of the event and, you know, help with smoke inhalation because acupuncture can help with the trauma and it can help with smoke and it can help with the physical elements um, and the emotional elements. And so I, but I tell everybody and told all my patients and, you know, of course everybody's in crazy upheaval. So only a few people came for the help that I had to provide. And I was like, okay, I can only reach a few people, but here's all these things that are happening there's health concerns. And then there were the hurricanes because last year was also many hurricanes. And mm-hmm. so people were dealing with flooding and people had lost their homes through flooding. And, and so there were all these health things. And I was like, well, how, what, it would be great if I could put together something that would help people in any kind of disaster that would help them get the information that they need to heal. So if you're in a flood zone, then mold becomes an issue and parasites because all kinds of critters get into the water and come into your home. Um, There could be toxins like in Santa Rosa's huge amounts of toxins, right? Because the one whole neighborhood that burned was old enough that there could be asbestos. So the homes were built with asbestos. And so then there's asbestos there and then it's in fall. So there's possibly rain And so they had to figure out how to clean it up. The EPA had to come in and clean it up because it was going to leach into the groundwater, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, 6,000 homes burnt. So of course, 
they're not going to be able to clean it up fast enough. It's still not cleaned up, right? Um, so there's smoke inhalation, there's toxins that we get exposed to and, and how to deal with all of that. So I created an online event with the help of a company, Health Talks Online. They produced it. And the idea was to provide this information in the case of any that, that you could use to heal from a disaster, no matter what the disaster was. So there's the physical challenges, there's the emotional, spiritual traumas that people go through. The PTSD that you come, you know, from being evacuated in the middle of the night and getting out by the skin of your teeth, you know. So there's the physical, the emotional, and, um, and then the being prepared. And then I felt it was really important to have stories of hope mm -hmm. of people who had been through other disasters and recovered and healed or through other traumas and recovered. So I put together 32 talks Wonderful. that provide that information. It's free to anybody forever. It's um, disasterrecoverysummit.com. You just click and type that into your browser and you'll find, um, and it's on my webpage too. So it's at the on the sidebar of my webpage because it's available forever for free. And any, um, then we had a bundle of gifts and anybody who donates money, all the money goes to charity um, that help people recover from disasters. And we're going to mm -hmm. cycle it around so that different charities will get the money, you know, depending on the needs. Mm -hmm. um, but there are several companies that are disaster recovery companies and that's all they do is help people recover from disasters. I love that. Um, and, so. you know, a lot of times when huge disasters happen, I, I find myself asking, well, what can I do? And you, I think a lot of people do. And mm -hmm. you answered that in an extremely creative way. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then share how your title from your book kind of came out of this. Oh, it didn't. It, I had oh, already I gotten it. it did. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. had already gotten it. Yeah. Although it fits, had, right? Yeah. Yes, I mean, it does because fit. because it really felt to me even it, it, even though I didn't lose my office, and this is a thing that many people who did not lose their homes are struggling now. You know, months later, with the guilt of not having. <laughs> You know, it, it's amazing, but so even though somebody didn't lose their home in whatever mm -hmm. disaster or whatever event, you know, then there's the, and one of my patients, um, she, her home was in a neighborhood where everything but two homes burnt down and hers was one of the ones that survived. So, so she had this terrible guilt. Plus she has to drive every day through that neighborhood and see all of her neighbors ah. with their homes burnt down. But one of her neighbors died and she felt like if she had only gone to his house and checked on him or gotten him out, like, but that's, so people have all of these regrets and all of these, you know, emotional traumas that come out of that. And so I did, like I said, the title was already there, but it was, it was suddenly, it was like the title had more meaning because wow. suddenly this event occurred that seems impossible. You know, and, yeah. and you just touched on something that's one of my favorite topics to talk about. So I'd love mm. if I could get your thoughts on this. Um, and you're talking about trauma for, well, adults, but children were involved too. But oh God, one yes. of my biggest interests uh, recently is talking about ACEs, adverse childhood events, and mm. trauma for children, PTSD, complex PTSD, and how it really affects people's health 
as adults. Um, I find that when I work with patients, I can deal with their hormones, toxicity, nutrition, and even to a certain degree, mental, emotional, spiritual, mm. spiritual health, their thoughts, their beliefs, their emotions. But when people don't get better, a lot of times I find that it really comes down to childhood trauma that they may not even have recognized it as trauma. And I'm learning this because this is part of my hero's journey. And so mm. I love kind of a traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture view. What are your thoughts on how this manifests in, a, in the body, physically, energetically as children and, and what's essential for healing as adults for that? Well, all of those seven keys are really essential. I mean, you know, I come from a very abusive family and from a very, so the healing journey that I've been on has not just been physical or you know, it's also been deeply emotional. One of the, when I left my residency, I hit a crisis because I had finally achieved my lifelong goal. And then suddenly the childhood traumas began to come back mm -hmm. and functioning was difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but how I use it in Chinese medicine. So first of all, there are emotional, spiritual acupuncture points. And I've developed some acupuncture treatments that are for healing PTSD. So, of course, I'm doing them a lot right now because I'm seeing a lot of people who have PTSD from the fires and from various events. But there's, there's a series of acupuncture treatments, and I always say it's like you, you've never been the same since. But for a child who's been through, you know, like it, could, it started at birth for some people. Mm -hmm. You know, it did for me. It started at birth, you know, and, and, and it just – so recovering from that, really the biggest, most important thing, I think, is love. Mm -hmm love and and learning like to really deeply connect to love and to and to surround yourself with the people who love you and to build that love connection in every possible way because because that heals the heart and you know there's science behind this you know the the, the institute of heart math mm -hmm. um where, where you learn how to breathe and connect to your heart. But the more you breathe and connect to your heart and the more love and support that you have, of course, it's not all there is because there's so many the people have flashbacks and people have um, experiences that come back around over and over and over again. And those are, um, they have to be dealt with, you know. Um, so some of the speakers on my event, um, so even though it's called a disaster recovery event, it's good for every kind of trauma, but I have a woman who does EMDR and I have wow. a tapping person and I have several other kinds of therapists who talk about the different modalities of how to heal from these kinds of events. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many different tools that we have available in our modern times, you know, and, but I think it's, I think that the, the that nothing happens in isolation. So, you know, you have emotional traumas, they affect your physical body. You have spiritual lessons, they affect your physical body. Everything's connected and it's intricately connected. And so the healing journey for any of those things involves your physical, emotional, and spiritual path. And, and you need to address it from all of those levels. And it is a hero's journey. So some people were basically born on a hero's journey from the day that they're born, you know. <laughs> Yay, yeah. hero's journey. 
And when you're small and you're young, it's harder to, of course, work your way through that. Well, because when you grow up in kind of a, a paradigm that is abusive and it's teaching you and training and conditioning your thought patterns and your beliefs, you're in the picture. So you don't necessarily recognize that there's a dysfunction there um, until you start having realizations at whatever age, you know, and it's been over the past, especially the past few years for me, and it was earlier for you. Um, and then when you're in that picture and realizing that your entire thought process was created and you maneuvered through life through it, and then you realize that there are some faulty processes in the uh, hardware and software, mm -hmm. getting outside of that is sometimes challenging. I know for me, and I've seen it with other people that I've worked with. Um, and so I love that you have tools uh, available for people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't, it's never easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if you have that hero's journey, like my friends, my friends say that I always have this sort of like, let's do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but that is part of it is that the level of trauma that I experienced as a child is like, there's so many ways to go, but I became fierce. You know, like, it's like, I'm going to get out of this. But I didn't realize it was because of that. Like you said, I didn't know that that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. That was just how life was, right? Right. And then in hindsight, you go, oh, wait, not everybody has a life like this. <laughs> right. Not everyone grew up in a difficult <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think a lot of people do because everybody has yeah. their challenges. Yeah. But some of them are extremely mm -hmm. terrible challenges and some of them are, mm -hmm. you know, their mom wouldn't let them eat granola or something, you know, right, right. but still, it's still, a, you know, I've dealt with people who, who've been, who have issues about those, you know, the level of perfection that they're required to achieve, you know, so they were maybe not necessarily abused, but, but their parents demanded perfection. Right. So, and that is a form of, of abuse. Right? Yeah, that's another kind yeah. of, and it creates a whole set of, you know, so the aces definitely, you know, do you want to say what they are? There's a, oh, the adverse childhood events. Adver adverse childhood events. Childhood so events it's right. a test you can take and there's all mm -hmm. these questions that you're asking. You get a score and the higher your score, the more your physical body is affected by the impact of that level of mm -hmm. trauma. So, and I'll yeah. post the links to that and your site and also the recovery uh, program that you did on below this so that everyone cool. can have that. Yeah. But yeah, you can go online and you can take the test and see how many ACEs you have and the number that you have uh, corresponds usually to the number of diagnoses and medications and health problems that you will experience as an adult. And so there's a big move afoot to really start looking at addressing the trauma from these ACEs as a part of helping people heal. And it's something that I'm very interested in and, and helping people to understand because I do find that a lot of people mm -hmm. do not think that they had a traumatic childhood. And, and I would say myself included until the past few years, sure. I knew it was dysfunctional and I could list some of the things that were dysfunctional, but 
my mother used to say, let's put, we put the fun in dysfunctional. It was kind <laughs> of a joke uh, that we were dysfunctional. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from the outside, my family looked pretty good. Everybody was a college graduate. We always had food and a roof over our heads. And so it looked pretty good. There was nobody hitting anybody. But there were a lot of emotional and other issues going on um, that just till recently came up. And I find that with my patients, too. Uh, when I work with them, they say, oh, no, everything was fine. And so I think this test is a, is a nice uh, start for people to start having getting out of denial and maybe having a reality check. Well, maybe it wasn't so perfect. Maybe my emotional needs weren't met so much. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that. Sure. I have I have to ask you about my my other favorite topic, which is weight uh-huh. loss. If you have okay. time, <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so weight, and I know that it's it's never only that's never the only problem, and that's actually the first step. I tell people you got to be honest. It's never the only problem. Got to be honest about all the health problems you have because they're all related. They all come from the same root causes. But in general, is there a theme that you see from a Chinese medicine perspective with people who come to you where weight is one of their issues? Well, you, you have to keep in mind that I see people who, are, who have been challenged and they're not getting what they want, right? Mm-hmm. So they've done the diets, they've done the exercises, they've done pretty much everything and they haven't lost the weight. And so by the time they get to me, they're not the kind of people who, you know, they go on Weight Watchers, they lose 20 pounds and they feel great. These are people who have struggled. Um, and so it's never just one system, but when I see a new patient and they say weight loss is my issue, I I go through the same set of questions that I go through for everybody else because it's not just weight loss. And, and, you know, I, I analyze all of the organ systems. So, you know, there's the liver, the lungs, the large intestine, the stomach and the spleen and the kidneys and the heart and and the gallbladder. And so all I analyze all of that by feeling their pulse and looking at their tongue and it tells me what their energetics are. And then I use the information of which, which organ is out of balance and each person could be different. You know, it could be that their kidneys are out of balance and the kidneys regulate your low back, your knees, your bones, your overall sense of having energy and big transitions in life. And if you think about big transitions in life, it's puberty and menopause, but also, um, any kind of change, you know, a divorce or a big move or any kind of big change. And if you translate it into Western medicine, the kidneys regulate your adrenals. So if they have a really low adrenal energy, then they could, it, that could be the problem. If they have a digestive imbalance, that could be the problem. And often with people who have struggled with weight loss, it's all of those things. So then it becomes this triangle, right? It's mm-hmm. hormones, immune system, and nervous system. And you have to get this in balance so that I always start with the physical because I'm a doctor and, you know, I've spent my whole life taking care of the physical first. So mm-hmm. kind of that's where I start. So I work on the physical balance, even though that is a relatively small part of the whole thing. I used to have this still kind of have this theory that 20% of any condition that you have is physical. Mm-hmm. 30% is lifestyle and 50% is emotional and spiritual. And so if you put it in those buckets, then the emotional and spiritual component is the biggest, right? But you can draw on the physical and the lifestyle so that because that becomes 50%. So you start balancing the physical and then you do the lifestyle and then you, then you work on the emotional. 
that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. Because, because, but, but again, it's based on my patient population. You know, they're coming to me because I'm a doctor. So they're using the physical as their first mm-hmm. point of entry. Yes. Yeah. And so it, it, we evolve through to the emotional and spiritual because then you have the physical strength to get there. Yes. And I, I think that I do the same thing. We start, start with what you can see, feel, touch, and then and move up. Um, yeah. And I have my pyramid and that's at the top of my pyramid. Yeah. Um, Although it's the biggest part. So it, the it is the biggest like part. This. It should. <laughs> it should go like this. Because here's the emotional, spiritual. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So, so you think it's very varied among people who come to you or weight is one of their issues. It could equally be any of those organ systems, any of those energetic systems. And it's very varied. Well, usually it's all of them. <laughs> okay, the time, right. <laughs> usually it's hormonal, digestive, you know, mm-hmm. and it's usually all of those things, um, you know, and small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is, really only been a topic of conversation for the last, for a few years now. And mm-hmm. um, in my awareness only for a few years. And, but I'm finding that a lot of people who have chronic weight loss issues and nothing seems to show up, it, they may have SIBO. Mm-hmm. And so finding, be, learning to treat that and working with that has really made a difference for some people. Yes. <clears throat> so well, thank you so much, Shiroko, for taking the time to chat with me and share uh, your latest projects and share what you're about to give birth to. I'm so excited for your book. I look forward to reading it. Thank you. It. Me too. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any um, last words that you'd like to share with listeners? Anything else that you'd like to share about when they can look for your book and where they can look for it? Well, it'll be on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> And um, I'm going to launch it in fall. So in September, I'm going to launch it because that's the 25-year anniversary of my practice. My practice is Heart to Heart Medical Center. So I'm going to launch it kind of along with my anniversary because I thought that would be good. Um, And, uh, you know, I really just want to say that whatever situation you find yourself in, there's always hope. And it's sometimes things look really dark and feel really difficult. Uh, And if you find yourself in one of those situations, just there's always going to be a light at the end of the tunnel and things are always going to change. So even if they're difficult now, there's hope. And, And I think that's the most important thing is really coming to that place of recognizing that there's hope. Then otherwise it's hard to go on. Yes. It's the most important thing to remember, no matter how dark it seems, the sun could be right around the corner or right behind Mm -hmm. that next cloud. Yeah. Going by. Yes. So thank you so much. Much gratitude to you for sharing yourself with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much (laughs) for having me. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. 
If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science.